0: Hello, and welcome to You to Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris, and this week I'm looking for the best prison book, as in, the best book that was written while the author was mm-hmm. in prison.
1: I don't know if we should be giving prisoners a voice, Nick. Prisoners are being punished by
0: society. Right. Like, yeah, I mean... That's a good point. Did you know prisoners have phones now? Like, they just have, like, phones in prison? Yeah, like cell phones? You like, like yeah, they, you could they just have... Text- like, have yep. Yep. They just have like cell phones.
1: You know, that's actually
0: kind of not different from my life.
1: That's what I was going (laughs) to say. That's what most people's lives look like, except they maybe sit on a couch instead of, I don't know.
0: A hard uh, prison bed? We, so we moved t- two or three years ago, and we're, we really like our house. And it's basically, we live in the nicest prison. <laughs> <So> we both <laughs> work from home. We never leave. Hey, it's a beautiful right. prison.
2: Mm. Well, and then there's the barbed wire. I've been to your house. There's the barbed wire around it. The armed the guards, guards. The, ar- the you know, guard, like, guard towers yeah, really tips it. They're dogs. There's like a there's like mm-hmm. a moat around their house with dogs mm-hmm. in it. Um, right. A dog swimming. moat. A dry yeah. moat
1: filled with vicious dogs.
2: Yeah. they're they're cute but they're scary the water has been replaced with
0: vicious dogs (laughs) to help me are two pretty uh locked in guys, we're locked yeah, in guys yeah. who were never going to prison uh two
1: high school english teachers Ian and Joe yeah hi my name is Joe Holshue i brought a book this week by a guy who did care a little too much his name was nelson mandela um this book is called Heard conversations with myself and it is a collection of his writings that he did while he was spending 27 years in a South African prison, um, he would go on to win the Nobel Peace Prize, to become president to South Africa, etc.
0: Wow. I didn't realize he was in prison for 27, 27 years. 27? years. Right. Right. Inter- no, shut up, Joe. Ian introduced yourself.
2: Thrasd, neck, privjit, Joe. Stand at attention, prisoners. i mean, Why's that? Lit head. This week, my name is S854, formerly Dr. Ian DeYoung. I'm currently a prisoner of this podcast, Brent. but I used to be a high school English teacher. This week, I brought a tight little story of starvation and surveillance in Soviet Russia one day in the life of D- Ivan Denisovich by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, famously anti communist May
1: your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders.
0: Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. See if you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. (laughs) Who who
2: told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. (laughs) (laughs)
0: A quick uh, behind the scenes. So we did, this is the second prison uh, book week we've done. Uh, We have a lot of great themes here, Lit Heads. Um, So don't, don't feel like you ever need to necessarily submit the theme we'd love book recommendations mm-hmm. we got the themes covered as clearly identified yeah, clearly. by prison books too next week uh, prison our three. first prison books was wasn't books by people written in prison i think it was just about prison and we stumbled into this oh that'd be interesting if people wrote books while they were in prison mm-hmm. and for the show so yeah. nelson mandela wrote a book for us and
2: then ian who's your author alexander solzhenitsyn Never heard of him. Let's call him Al. Are you serious? Are you? He's a, he's a no, Nobel Prize winner. Well, the, I haven't heard of the all greatest, the Nobel one of like Prize winners. greatest recent Russian litter. Did he
0: literature.
1: win a Nobel Peace Prize? Because my guy won a Nobel Peace Prize. Ian.
2: right? I right, No, he he won a Nobel a Nobel Prize for doing something more than sitting on his button. <laughs> oh, this is good. Let's really bring <laughs> down Nelson Mandela. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't just sitting. He was doing. Is what I'm trying to I say. I would like
1: I would like you to know that Nelson Mandela worked in a lime quarry for those 27 years, so he was also doing. What's he a was, lime quarry?
0: F- what's that like? Well,
2: is like that it, like it's in in my head? Gr- well, everyone well, says the limes drawn tree trees,
0: but they don't.
1: Shut up! You mine them from the ground. <laughs> right, both I'll of you shut up.
2: up. <laughs> limes are a resource. Well, welcome Nick's gonna to the it. a spot you. Show going a be clear as
0: we call it strong. Strongly Podcast where every week a theme is selected and Ian and Joe two high school English teachers bring book recommendations and just to upset one of you we're going to pick a winner today and to be clear the books don't lose you guys do okay mm-hmm. i just like mm-hmm. to remind everybody of that once in a while uh and we have some show rules to keep you on track rule number 1 only unavoidable spoilers rule number 2 omit any list words joe and rule number 3 only winning matters ian <clears> has taken that to heart as he's because he's excited to take down Nelson Mandela, attacking <laughs> Nelson Yeah, like listen has has he been knighted? Has he been honored? Well, Is you, it you, Sir Nelson, Nelson Mandela.
1: Well, he's not a member of the British Empire. Uh, famously, <laughs> not a member of the British Empire. Um, in fact, he was <laughs> super against
2: colonialism. Really? like okay. if they, Did if you book they it try into this? You'd Be particularly annoyed by. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's that's they usually they usually do knighthoods to honor somebody right. that might be. Like a, a, low, a low down diss.
0: <laughs> Joe, take 30 seconds and tell me everything that's in your book.
1: Everything that's in my book. Nick. Nelson Mandela was 44 years old when he was arrested on charges of sabotage for the South African government. The trial was big and public. It lasted for two years, and he was 46 years old when he was sentenced to life in prison. He would Flockers. be there for 27 years. While he was there, he wrote prolifically letters, appeals, and an unpublished autobiograph autobiographical manuscript. Conversations with Myself is an attempt by editors to pull all of that together into one coherent whole. And give you a bit of a glimpse into the mind of the world's most dangerous prisoner. Now, he wasn't really the world's most dangerous prisoner. He was a political prisoner.
2: Do you like punch a lot of people politically? He politically yeah, punched I mean, them. Pow! Yeah, okay. Apartheid. Pow. That's, Pow! That's, the sound, that's the sound it makes when you politically punch someone. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, what you're saying is, he didn't really write this book. People gathered his belongings afterwards and then wrote it ex- this book is a collection this this book is a collection of
1: letters, it is a collection of interviews of of recorded conversations, etc um, there are large pieces of this book that are there are large pieces of this book that are like this is something I was writing in prison that was meant to be my autobiography that for a variety of reasons got shelved until after my death, and now it got kind
2: of pulled out and collected into what we have to hear Ian. Your time has already started. Ivan Denisovich Denisovich isn't feeling so good this morning. But he's a political prisoner in Soviet Russia, so it doesn't really matter how he's feeling. He has to get up and go outside in the negative 35-degree weather and work on buildings. After being searched, after eating a meager ration of food, Ivan Denisovich doesn't have a good life. This week, I brought... The book that won Alexander Solzhenitsyn the Nobel Prize in 1970 exposed Stalinist repression and eventually got him banned from Soviet Russia.
1: Getting banned from Soviet Russia might not be a terrible thing.
2: Or like (laughs) yeah, banned. Like they they revoked. really easy to do. They revoked his citizenship. I mean, yeah, it's it's way better than like we're gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. That's let's let's list the things that getting exiled is better than. Yeah. Uh, one, torture. Two, yep. being yep. killed. Yep. Three, being brainwashed like that guy in 1984. Oh, God. Rats.
0: My understanding is like, basically, <laughs> if, if you've been banned, those things will happen to you
2: if you get caught. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's like you, you are. are like, a, like, uh, like, yeah. yeah. I have a small child and I tell banish him, him like, yeah, I ban- banish him <laughs> the right. No, I, I tell him like, hey, if you don't stop doing this, you know, you'll get this privilege taken away. But the, the if you don't stop, the warning, it's like, you know, it's, wow. it's courtesy. Sounds like your house is the prison. <laughs> right, Joe? Yeah, With, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> With a dog
0: moat. Yeah. With a dog moat. These sound great. Joe, you can go last. Ian, oh, you can go oh, first. first.
2: I I have a I have a a mother in law who is an avid listener of the show and she loves this book. I never really got why because I never read it, and then I read it and I totally get why. It's It's a really really good book. (laughs) It's um, it's a tight it's a tight short little thing. It's it's a what we call a circadian novel or a day novel. It's it is it's fictional, but it's based on um, kind of autobiographical. What does that mean? Um, So uh, so, uh, we've read it maybe one or two of these in the show it's basically a, a story a novel where we follow usually one character through a day in their life so um it starts mm. when they wake up and then it ends when they go night at the end but, uh, mr pink
0: mr brown uh, ice cube today was a good day that was a reservoir yeah. dogs reference yeah.
2: no you guys you guys both came up with a little bit more irreverent examples. i'm thinking of but um, examples yeah yeah that that kind of thing so so um, the book begins with Ivan waking up, and it ends with him going to bed, <laughs> not um, having a good day. <laughs> well, hell, this is the thing. Well, we'll get to this. We'll get to this in a minute. Basically, it was not good day. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> in, in Soviet Russia, good day has you. Um, <laughs> Don't <laughs> laugh at I those. Should either. Have a, I should have prepared a bunch of those. That would be super important. How would you oh.
0: need to prepare them? You just flip the words and it's prepared. Okay, great. I'll do it. I'll do that. In <laughs> Soviet Russia, put... words <laughs> flipping. <it there. laughs> I wrote down a couple things I'd like to have you guys try to. i prepared some
2: statements. Official press release. So in this book, uh, we see the details of Ivan Denisovich's daily rhythm. So he eats. Eating is super important. He right. hides his food. I've always said the, that. The food that isn't like, um, that's portable, he hides it and saves it for later when he's hungry. Uh, currying favor with privileged inmates, laboring at a building site, dealing with some pretty extreme cold, um, and kind of overarching is this idea of pragmatism to a point. So this is survival mode. We'll talk about this later, but, uh, Yvonne will do whatever it takes to survive, but he won't do that. So he's got a moral line he won't cross. And that is basically kind of like stealing, um, especially from other inmates. Like he will do a lot to make sure he survives, but he won't kind of step over, um, and the thing is, this one day in the life of Ivan Denisovich is a pretty good day by his standards. And he <laughs> realizes oh, that. Ice Cube. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, not quite as good as Ice Cube. He looks in the right? mirror, but. Not a jacker um, <laughs> as the novel ends, you, and he's like, yeah, here, I had a good day. Like, I, I stole, or I, I got enough, um, enough food to keep me sustained, and I didn't get in trouble, and I didn't get sick, and we have a good paying job on the work site. You're like, wow. Huh? A good day in the Gulag is pretty horrific. Literally anywhere oh God. else. Yeah. So like, as you're seeing Yvonne say, "Wow, this is a good day." It's like, um, uh, you're you it's all about your context. So yeah.
0: Okay. So who is this guy?
2: Right. Why, so, why did uh, he go to prison? Uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Um, I think I'm saying his last name. Right. I might be. I'm sure you're not. No, you've got it. It's 100. percent 100 not things. He, he was actually born just before, just after, sorry, um, the Bolsheviks took over in Russia. Um, so he grew up in uh, a Leninist Soviet Russia. And during World War II, he grew up, um, he was born in 19, 1918, and so he grew up. And, and by the time World War II rolled around, um, he was getting kind of disillusioned with um, Soviet, what, what the Soviets were doing. Um, and in his private letters to friends, he was referring to Stalin, Joseph. Stalin, uh, famously an autocrat, and he was using goofy nicknames for Stalin. Ooh, and in I bet, Soviet I bet, Russia, I bet autocrats do like Letters that. read you. Um, oh. Yeah. The censors were opening everyone's letters and reading him, kind of being disrespectful to, to Uncle Joe. And so he got sent to prison
1: for eight years. Were these like, was were the nicknames like Uncle Joe, or were they like cutting nicknames? They were, nicknames and they were awesome a little nicknames.
2: bit like he was referring to him as the boss or the master. Um, which is like, it's not, it's, it's accurate. Um, but
1: But if you are a Soviet leader trying to project this like equanimity, it's probably, it's like, Hey, there is no boss. I'm just a comrade,
2: man. And that's where, that's where it starts. You know, like that's where this dissident starts. You have to nip in the bud. Let heads, if you take, it's time for our our weekly lesson, our weekly moral lesson. And this week's moral lesson is if you want to rule a country with an iron fist, you have to stamp out the dissidents Mm. Early. And severely just be brutal to them and take yeah. away their human rights. This is actually how I run my classroom as well, oh, right? Like yeah. day one freshman water. English. The, yeah, yep.
1: absolutely. I I stamp out dissidents. That's like 80% of what I would say I do as a teacher. Do you shank the largest
0: one to send a message? And the I shank yes. them with the power of the system at my back. Got it. <laughs> Proverbial shank. Everybody.
2: He goes to prison for eight years and he had social needs and had a photographic memory. So he was like recording everything that he had and he gets out, Stalin dies, um, Solzhenitsyn is, is released and he starts writing One Day in the Life of like Ivan Denisovich and it's not, I mean, he is not Ivan Denisovich. It's not autobiographical in that, like uh, oh. uh, we've, talked about, we've talked about Romana Clef, right? We've talked about the novel with yeah. the key where this person is that. It's not quite that on the nose, but this is definitely, he was in, uh, Solzhenitsyn was in a gulag uh, several gulags, and Ivan Denisovich is in a gulag and the, their experiences will overlap. So he's building the story based on what he saw. He, so this is, the, this is interesting. He sends it off to a Russian literary magazine in 1962. And Nikita Khrushchev, who is kind of an anti-Stalinist, he's like, Stalin wasn't, we're not, we're not that anymore. Um, Khrushchev himself, who was the, he was the head of the Soviet Union, said, yes, this can be published. And this is a little bit bonkers because this is a book basically saying, hey, that, that guy, is crazy. That guy yeah. who ran who ran uh, Russia, who was like in charge of building Russia into sort of the Soviet power that it is, um, he, he his policies were unjust. He was brutal. He was cruel. Um, this is this is ludicrous. But they said, yes, we're going to censor it a little bit. We're going to take out a couple of pieces, but you can publish this two so like you can publish this for soviets in soviet russia that's incredible that's like that's like that's a that's, that's unprecedented for, for is soviet this regime.
0: is this russian propaganda is this oh is this is this prison ain't so bad right show no, no it's no. not so bad it's
2: mm. it's it's definitely not um to the extent <laughs> that it's like it's it's i would say it's the opposite it's prison prison is so bad oh yeah. russia is not so bad <laughs> Uh, Solzhenitsyn became a celebrity overnight he started writing a bunch more books got it and then a- after that uh, Khrushchev was removed from power mm-hmm. the people who were kind of uh, d- unhappy with his anti-stalinism executed a soft coup mm-hmm. and the soviets started saying okay Alexander we're going to have to put the brakes on this all this anti all this yeah. anti-stalin stuff you you got to you got to throttle that back he didn't he kept publishing Eventually, oh, no. he published a book called The Gulag Archipelago, which is very long. I didn't bring it for this this week. I have read it. It's um basically a, a, a more of a first person and a philosophical engagement with uh, the Russian uh, surveillance and prison state. And at that point, he had won the Nobel Prize and the Soviets were like, we're done with you. We're revoking <laughs> your citizenship. Get out. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you have to stop talking bad about us. Yeah, please stop so, saying me. Can
0: you things. give me a sense of the timeline here, Ian? So, okay,
2: you said he was born in 1918. Yeah, so he was he was already middle aged by the time he starts writing. He was in prison 45 to 53, so he was not like a young man in prison. Got it. Um, he was in prison, and then he writes this book, and his literary career pretty much starts in 62 when he publishes this book, and this this he, he becomes sort of the face of the the Russian anti communist like. Communism is bad. Here's what communism is doing to Russia. Um eventually like as the Cold War kind of kind of um starts to warm up a bit, he becomes sort of a poster boy. Look, here's a Russian who says that yeah. Soviets Soviets so the communism is bad. Um he lived yeah. in the US for almost 20 years. That's smart. When when did he win his Nobel
1: <laughs> Prize? Is this Nobel Prize politically motivated? Is this I'm saying like, no. look, we Aren't look they at
2: this all, Russian though, a little dissident. Little no, yeah. I and this is this is an interesting weird a weird thing about. it. So he writes, um, he writes uh, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich in 1962, and he wins the Nobel Prize in 70. Now, by this time, he's published several more books, several more really good books. He hasn't published what people consider his masterwork yet, which is The Gulag Archipelago. But he wins the Nobel Prize mm. in 1970, and he can't go to like receive it. Oh, no. And so the speech says, hey, you know, Alexander isn't here, uh, but... We, we give this to him. Here's why. And then there was another speech a year later when he accepted it, but still couldn't come. And then it wasn't until 1974 when he was kicked out of Russia that he finally was able to accept his Nobel Prize. Um, we say that the Nobel Prize isn't awarded for single books. Um, it's for an author's work. I think it's pretty incredible. This is a guy who has been, literally, he's been an author. He's been in the echelon of authors for, by this point, by the time he reads, wins the prize, eight years. Mm-hmm. So his first book yeah, comes out in 62. Eight years later, he's an, a Nobel uh, medalist. And the award speech specifically says, one day in the life of Ivan Denisovich is a big part of why he won this. It's doing things yeah. that we need to know. It's exposing things that we need to be aware of. Um, so this, this seems like a Nobel prize, just kind of urgent, and it's kind of outside of the norm. Usually it's like, hey, this person has written 40 books and everyone thinks they're the greatest living writer. Let's give them the prize. This is more, hey, um, uh, human rights violations are being committed in Russia. Uh, We need to know about this. Here we go. So I guess as I talk it through, maybe it is politically marketed. Yeah, I like
1: the idea of an urgent Nobel Prize. It's like, give
0: me a Nobel Prize.
2: Yes. (laughs) My question is this, how bad was it? (laughs) <laughs> Give us Good, a taste great. of uh, just uh, how how bad, how bad it is the
0: Google ad I think the Google
2: think, ad? <laughs> <laughs> so I think these two <laughs> I think these two connect. The book the book repeats a phrase a couple of times that I think it's not quite a, a theme or a thesis, but it's 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 a question that Social wants to have answered. The question is: how can you expect a man who's warm to understand a man who's cold? How can you expect a man who's warm to understand a man who's cold. So this is a book it, it begins it begins the 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 temperature is 35 below. Like this is a book about extreme privation um, negative like like negative circumstances. This is not a cushy prison. This is not a white color prison. This is a labor camp. Yeah. This is Siberia where people, like, people people would die. Mm-hmm. Um it's like Siberia. I looked it up and it's actually Northern Kazakhstan, uh, yeah. Kazakhstan, yeah, where, um, this, For, where Borat was born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <this laughs> is, and it's weird. Everyone keeps saying my wife. Right. In, uh, <laughs> in the <books>. It's weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. I think maybe Borat took some inspiration from, um, this is a book. This is a book about, about kind of privation and systematized cruelty. And it's not like, it's not sensational. There aren't mm. like, there aren't prison fights. There aren't, escape there are like prison break attempts it's just like Uh, it's a good day i tell my students when i when i teach when i teach the dystopia unit um in my british literature class i tell them like dystopia is always the future dystopia is always like look ahead and i think there is an emerging genre maybe beginning here that says nope. dystopia is here hell is empty and all the devils are here this is an irl dystopia Yvonne doesn't have time or energy to fight back against the man. All he can do is kind of try to preserve himself.
1: You know, it's wild because as you talk about this, I mean, even when you talk about like he goes through all these hardships in the gulag over the course of this day and then he finishes by saying today is a good day. Today was a good day. I, I think of how terminal patients talk about their days, right? Where it's like, where it's like, Hey, That's how are you doing today? It's like, well, today's a good day. I mean, I woke right. up, I threw up, I have no energy. Yet. You know, like I'm not fighting it. Like, like the right. goal is to survive. The goal yeah. is to have a good yeah. day today.
2: Well, he's, he sees like, he, he has a 10 year sentence. Um, he sees people who have 25 year sentences and it's very, very obvious to him. he talks about this He's like, yeah, uh, those folks are going to die. They will not, they will not live out their sentence. They yeah. will die here. We get it. So prison's bad. How well, bad? Well, especially Why is it, it's gulags. Not, it's not just, yeah, yeah. It's so North like, Kazakhstan like gulags. Bad, right? yes. Stalin, Stalin era Russian That was the middle era. of my question. <laughs> okay, tell me your whole question. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: <laughs> Prison bad. Yes. How bad is it? Because I genuinely don't know. And two, what is the overt message of this book? It seems like optimism.
2: Mm, interesting. It's interesting you, you take that as the overt message. Well, um,
0: you keep saying he's talking about how he has a good day and in, in the worst place on the planet. So, like, is it like, oh, hey, you know, life? You know, I don't know. You, you can, make, you can make silver lining. You can make silver <laughs> yes. <you can>
2: lining. <laughs> yes. <blood> uh, <laughs> the the prisons are bad. So I talked about Colt. They say, hey, we really hope that um it gets to forty below zero because when it's forty below zero, oh, they it's don't send out. us. They don't send us out to work. Um now when they don't send us out to work, they do mark that day down as a work day that we still need to go out to work. So we'll lose a Sunday at some point. They have Sundays off. Um, oh, that's but nice. That it's, sounds it's pretty like, good. Sundays kinda like, off. <laughs> it's kind of like school. You got to make up those snow days somehow. Uh, um, you don't want a 39 degree day. No. And, and he says, like we, th- that this prisoner said, we think they put the, mm-hmm. uh, the thermometer, the public thermometer, in a place that was sheltered from the wind mm-hmm. so that it would not feel as uh, it, it would not be classic. as cold right so they could classic still send thermometer. People um um it, they get fed. uh the, the descriptions of food are horrifying they get fed this watery slop that has decayed fish in it and if you're lucky you get the decayed fish because the decayed fish are protein yeah if you're not protein. Lucky, obviously
0: it's delicious
2: if you're not yeah. lucky you get just the watery cabbage the, the decayed slop. fish juice um you get you get uh uh uh, two two hundred grams of bread per day, okay. Um, and for and those in what is America, that in American units, yeah. What is that? Is um, that like it's, a? It's not very.
0: It, let me. Did, does do that mean a, they cut the crust off? What does that mean? Two hundred
1: grams converted to
0: loaves. <laughs> um, what's what's the gram to loaf on this show?
2: I would say it's about a fist size. I have big fists. It's oh, about a fist-sized oh, lump of bread. Little arrogant there. <laughs> <laughs> Seven ounces of bread, but he says you never, you never get your full ration because people trim stuff off. Um, if you okay, stop listing things. Jesus Christ! It's, yeah, that is the thing. Okay. It's a, lot, it's a, thing that's a, that's a like, lot of stuff. Yeah. And then, okay. And this is the the weird, the weird kind of amazing, but also horrifying piece that we. Solzhenitsyn recounts this in a sort of a, a documentary way. This is kind of like, kind of like reporting he's not so much he's not waxing philosophical or moral about this is so bad and horrible it's just like yes and then this happened and then this happened if they found i um uh, ivan says I, I picked up a little piece of metal off the ground uh, which i could fashion into a tool to help me uh mend people's boots and then get paid for that if they found that they would send me to the hole mm. and in the hole you get a hundred grams of, of bread a day and oh, if you I stay know. in the hole for a week your health is ruined for a month if you stay in the hole for 10 days your health is ruined for a year if you stay in the hole for two weeks you're gonna die soon like it's just it's just like it's incessant it's endless and yet and this is overt the message and yet he is he says it was a good day and I think this book doesn't have an over message I would say it has a covert message right? oh because like a spy like doo-doo-doo. a Russian spy <laughs> you can't be if you're doo-doo-doo. if you're if you're in Stalinist mm-hmm. Russia, you can't really have a, an over-message. But the, the covert messages are, A, this is, this is a horrible, horrible system. And B, somehow people can make their negative situations, people can, people can rise, people can, people can subsist, and something beyond subsistence. He's not happy. Become famous. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it you too him, can right? win a
1: Nobel Prize. Right. Do you think Khrushchev let this book be published because it like shows how far we've come? It's like, hey, look at what it Definitely. used to be like in Russia, and now under the good Khrushchev years, I still think it's some sort of propaganda.
2: Well, and do we need? I think I think Joe's right. It's Khrushchev it propaganda. It is. Yeah, sure. Khrushchev is Khrushchev positioned himself as like, hey, Stalin was was very closed off, very brutal, very murderous. Guess what? We're opening the doors. We're letting the the fresh air in. Um, we're still very Soviet, very communist, but we're not like so those air in this place communists.
1: out. Air in this and, place
2: out. And so by de- by publishing this, he's demonstrating, yeah, like look, look, guys, we're cool. We're cool, right? Yeah, we we let this kind of thing be published. Yeah. <laughs> this book is this book is um not fun, but it's very worth reading. Communism set itself out as an ideological utopia. If we follow this this set of principles, we will end up with utopia. And Solzhenitsyn says no. This is the Stalinist, UN, U, Stalinist USSR was a dystopia, not in the future, not far, far away, not in a planet long, long ago, long, long, long away. You guys, no Jar R. Binks. <laughs> no Jar. Jo- oh my goodness. There's no Jar R Binks here.
0: Joe, what is your book about
2: K? Who's Nelson Mand- Mandela? Is it, just him, he, is, it, is it just him complaining about, you know, being mistreated by guards and the such? The
0: food, the guards. When will I be knighted?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've got it. I, you've got it.
1: Um, okay. So Nelson Mandela is b- pretty famous. Um, he was president <laughs> of
0: South Africa. He's- yeah.
1: Well, I think Nick laughs here because that was the best
0: introduction for Nelson Mandela I've ever heard. Nelson Mandela, pretty famous, you know, famously a famous person.
1: Well, it's an understatement to say he's famous. Like Nelson Mandela is iconic. Nelson Mandela is a, a, a paragon of 20th century politics. Like he's a big, big deal. Entire communities have rallied around this man. He's a man. You know what he is? He is a man who stands for an idea. Right, like he is the embodiment yeah. of an idea in South Africa,
0: Joe. Yes. If you were to use some sort of new youth tween based mm-hmm. vernacular mm-hmm. term, right, mm-hmm, cutting edge term, oh. what would it be? Is okay. it Nelson Mandela is lit? Right, or or like does he have
1: riz? Right, does Nelson? I think mm-hmm. that he does have riz. What does that mean? Uh, I mean, he's got like charisma. He's well liked. Oh my he's, wait, god! Is, is that, that what the it's origin, short for is that Riz? The charisma? Of riz? Yes. Oh, oh, oh hey! Welcome god. to Slang Corner this with Mr. Holshue.
2: Wonderful.
1: Um, Litheads, you might not have your ear to the pulse of the youth. Mm, ear to the ground, finger on the pulse of the youth, like we do there here. And you don't know Lit. The kids are all about a new term called Riz. If you have Riz, you are admired by members of the opposite sex right oh. you, you have
0: game you people like you um you, especially do you think the opposite sex do you think do you think nelson mandela crushed it after he got out of prison do you know- <laughs> yeah let's speculate, yeah, let's speculate
1: <laughs> you know this book leaves so many questions like
2: that unanswered
0: <laughs> he was released does this book get into
2: prison <laughs> The first like, three chapters are 27 years in prison, and the rest, the the next 40 chapters are Nelson Mandela's um, t- Tinder interaction. It's just
1: like Mambo number five. He's like, Monica. That's <laughs> um, fun. To, to, but, Just a button up uh, slang corner. If you have Riz, you are popular with members of the opposite sex, and Riz is short for charisma. And right, when incredible. you tell students that
0: uh, Riz is short for charisma, they don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, why are you making it sad now, <laughs> Joseph? Tell us about what this book is, and ultimately, what would end up to uh, go into uh, Nelson Mandela's Tinder profile. yeah Okay. So
1: Nelson Mandela. uh well, freedom fighter. That's what I would start my Tinder profile Fuck, with. That's I a good one. That's good. Freedom fighter. I'm swiping in the direction that what, political you, act- activist, right? Yeah, political okay. activist, freedom fighter. Um. President to South Africa, but that doesn't sound like that cool, right? Like political, political uh, juggernaut, political juggernaut. Oh, that sounds nice. kind of
0: douchey it, to call um, yourself that. Well, it could be worse. It could be political guru or political gulag. <laughs> thought leader. Gulag. He's mm. a thought leader. Thought <laughs> Do you want to explain who Nelson Mandela is? Yeah, let, let me just try to break off
1: very quickly who Nelson Mandela is. Nelson I do Mandela, it, but I think. In case you've
0: been living in a political prison for the last fifteen <clears throat> you years, you know, there's a lot to, to learn in this crazy little place we call Planet Earth, right? Mm. So tell us who he is briefly and, and what this book's about.
1: Nelson Mandela grows up in apartheid South Africa. He is a political activist in apartheid South Africa. He um, does some politically dissident things, right? He becomes very unpopular with the regime, the Afri- Afrikanist regime. Um, and he, along with a whole bunch of other people, are arrested and sent to prison. He is sentenced to life in prison. He ends up serving 27 years of that life sentence. So he goes in when he's 46 years old. He gets out when he's, what would that be? 72, 73?
0: We don't do math here. Yeah, we don't 73. do math yep, 73.
1: He gets out when he's 73 years old, wins the Nobel Peace Prize, um, and he gets out because essentially there's been a regime change. In Africa, like essentially, right. like the the structures that put him into prison no longer exist. Right? They right. have been
2: diminished in part because of what he
1: did. In in part of what he, because of what he did. Um, and we could talk about this a little bit, but like as he's in prison, he remains. He doesn't go to prison and disappear. He goes to prison and remains relatively visible in the public eye of South Africa. Right through his writing, through conversations with him, etc. Gets out of prison, wins the Nobel Peace Prize, partly for the work that he does in prison, and then is... um Almost immediately elected president of South Africa, like the the new I mean, president, you got of it. newly you got integrated. It. Yeah, um, and that's it. it. Um, he he served some presidential time in South Africa. He later goes it. on to die, and uh, this is it. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Nelson Mandela.
0: Later, all biographies should include he later went on to die. He goes on to die. <laughs> um, okay, so and this book um, is kind of a. Uh, a series of writings that he did yeah. in prison. Okay.
1: So this book, when he's in prison, he does a bunch of writing, right? Uh, he has some prison visits, you know, like whatever. This book is a collection of a whole bunch of stuff. A large chunk of this book is an unpublished manuscript, right? He tried to write his biography, his own autobiography while he was in prison. He got to a certain point, he wrote it and then like nothing ever became of it. A large part of this book is that, this book includes letters to friends that he wrote letters to um, like, like public letters that he wrote to politicians, things like that, that would go on to get published. Um, It includes remembered conversations with his biographer. It includes transcripts of recordings of, of, um, Conversations that Mandela had with various people in his life. When putting together um, other things like his autobiography that did get published, A Long Walk to Freedom, which was published back in like the '90s and was very very famous. So it's 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 a stitching together of all of these disparate papers of Nelson Mandela. And when I say it's like an unpublished manuscript and then letters to friends and an unpublished sequel to his autobiography, it's not like. Page one is the beginning of his unpublished manuscript, and page 150 is the end of his unpublished manuscript. It's like pieces are clipped out of all of these things and then organized by broad themes. It's his
0: notes. It's, it's, it's his Apple Notes. Uh, it's, yeah. Apple.
1: Okay. That's pretty good. It's his Apple Notes document, and like your Apple Notes document, right? Like some of it is more developed uh, than others. Right. You know, like some of it is kind of meant to be read in a single piece like, oh, I'm writing a letter to this politician about the um, about how unjust my imprisonment is. That's a pretty well-developed argument. Other pieces are like, here's three sentences from a life uh, letter that I wrote to my wife after our son died in a motor accident.
0: Is this a good book for somebody who already knows about Mel- Nelson Mandela's life? Sure. Okay. sure. Yes.
1: This is, um, I want to get into Tiffany's just a hair early here because this book is not meant for me, right? And when I say me, what I know about Nelson Mandela, what I knew about Nelson Mandela a week ago is, like, I had a note card on him, right? Nelson Mandela, South Africa, apartheid, political prisoner, right? And that was pretty much it, right? Like, I didn't really know. know much. Yep. I didn't know a lot about him. If you don't know a lot about Nelson Mandela, I don't think this is the book to start with. To start with, right? I, I found myself reading so much about him, like, like around right, him, background. right? Like I was reading his Wikipedia article. I was reading the, you know, mm-hmm. like I was. I had to learn so much about his life in order for this book to it, it, it have something to perch on, right? To like mean it's anything, like
0: anything, yeah. Uh, okay, so it, this is the deep end, essentially. Mm-hmm. This so is the this deep is, end. Yeah, this is the deep is end of the, the pool. Super fan.
2: <laughs> the super fan.
0: Uh, fan of the show <laughs> Nelson Mandela.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, so I'm seeing that he died in 20, 2013 which is yep. weirdly recent. Several years,
0: years back. Yep, weirdly recent. We don't do math.
2: But this is this was created in twenty ten. So yep. to what extent do you see? Do you get the sense that he's a ghost, is this, right, Joe? Is this, is this, Mandela, is this Mandela sort of helping to flesh out his myth? Is this Mandela like, hey, I need to have these things done? Is this more like other, other people saying we need to preserve this piece? Like, Is it a money grab? This is- Is this okay, one yeah, for his up, grandkids? I think, was, yeah, I think he was doing a money grab. For play. his
0: grandkids college
1: fund. <laughs> well, anytime. This is what it is. This book absolutely has an editorial voice to it right? Like okay. this book, okay. if you imagine, you know, if you take everything Nelson Mandela's written as an entire life, like the man spent 27 years in prison, he didn't have an iPhone like the fancy prisoners of today, right? Like yeah. he Spoiler wrote little brats. a ton. Like he wrote a ton. Anytime you give that to an editorial team and have them pare it down into something that resembles a story, there, there's a lot of decisions that are made about it. This obviously frames him in an extremely positive light. It reflects a lot on his thoughts on like leadership. It really humanizes him. It reflects on like personal struggles, doubts, things like that. Um However, I feel like when I was reading, I, I feel like the most interesting stuff that came out of this for me is in the reading around it that I did. So what for did example, when I was reading about like What exactly did he go to prison for? Like, sabotage is the charge. That's kind of a cool, like, you know, like, it's not like insurrection or like, or or dissidents. It's like, no, sabotage. These were the charges against him. He was charged for recruiting people in training and preparation for the use of explosives and in guerrilla warfare for the purposes (laughs) of violent revolution and committing acts of sabotage. He was on trial for conspiring to commit the aforementioned acts to aid foreign military units when they invaded the Republic. He was um, charged with acting in these ways to further the objectives of communism. And he was charged with soliciting and receiving money from enemy nations, Uganda, Algeria, Ethiopia, Liberia, Nigeria, Tunisia, and elsewhere. That stuff is like pretty interesting. And it paints a picture of Nelson Mandela that I think is Not the picture of Nelson Mandela that we have in our minds. And I want to be a little bit careful because like these are, these are political charges against him. These are politically motivated charges against him. They are true to an extent is what it sounds like, but they're also Uh. trumped up to a degree. But like this book is very interested in portraying Nelson Mandela, the leader, Nelson Mandela bolstering the image of him that we already have. Right. Which in a lot of the reading I was doing around him, I think is maybe like the, it's certainly the more inspiring image of Mandela, but I think in a lot of ways it's like the less interesting image of Mandela.
0: Sure. I mean, but that's like any, any like kind of public rights figure. You know what I mean? Like there was, there's no perfect person. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, there, it's usually a pretty thick story. (laughs) You know, we get the real surface stuff in in the history class.
2: I think as we think about, American black activists from the same era, Um, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X are kind of set as like opposites, right? Because Malcolm X's his thing was he was like, "We want to protect ourselves, so yes, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll we'll, um, use violence if we need to." He wore glasses. He wore glasses. King was like, and King is nonviolence. King is like, "We're not going to. We're going to like, we'll take the violence, we won't give it back." It sounds to me like Mandela. Maybe kind of had a Malcolm X phase and then transitioned to a Martin. Is I, that I'm how you put it, Joe? I'm aware that I'm like, I'm using, I'm using, um, yeah, this is, this is simplistic, yeah, but it, it sounds like, it's, it sounds like he's going from, we're going to use violence to protect ourselves and to to take back what's ours to like that older kind of more elder statesman figure.
1: I think any conversation of political freedom and the way that like political um righteousness is taught in the United States certainly is very much that like hey there is a correct path to freedom and that correct path is nonviolent mm-hmm. resistance. There yeah. was this other guy that was a contemporary of Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. We don't talk about him too much, right? Like hey, the Black Panthers, etc., right? Like we we that that's not the right way, right? The
0: evil Black Panthers. The evil Black Panthers.
1: <laughs> right. There is it is very clear. And I think some of the really interesting stuff from this book is Nelson Mandela was interested in the political process, right? Like he wanted like the, the black let's be clear, the black majority in South Africa who had zero political presence is presence, zero political power. He wanted them to have a seat at the table. He wanted them to have a voice in the conversation. He said, look, we have political organizations, We have tried to get a seat at that table through all of the channels that you say are there. They don't exist, right? like those channels are not actually there. If we like go to the plan B, basically, right? Plan B being things like sabotage and raising money from foreign governments and like our like training gorillas and making explosives. He says, that's you forcing our hand. Right, like that is our next solution to this. It's your, it's your fault, not ours. Yeah, it's your fault, not ours. He's like, look, right. we don't want to be caught with enough explosives to blow up Pretoria, right? Pret- Pretoria. Petru- 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 I don't know the word.
2: Pretoria. Okay. Pretoria.
1: Yep. That is how we get a voice in this conversation, and the Africanist government says, "Well, that's fine, but that's also how you get imprisoned on a li- on an yeah, island for twenty seven years and, and go to lime quarries." Yeah. Like this is the book that you read if you wanna wring out every little bit of Mandela that you can, right? If like, you love
0: the Della. Uh-huh. This it, yeah, is if this
2: you, is this is a deep cut for a Mandela stand. It's a deep cut for Mandela fans, yes.
0: Gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany's a safe place for you to tell me all the terrible, terrible, terrible things about these Great, great men. Um, without it being held against you, of course. Joe, you already went. Ian, anything bad about yours? I this is I, really I, I an opportunity to... to disagree with your mother-in-law.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Air those, grievances. Air those no, grievances. Remember,
2: it won't be held against you. I Ian. forgot to prepare this, and I nothing off the top of my head it was oh, great. A really solid oh, i enjoyed it a lot. God,
0: what a good son-in-law so yeah. smart so
2: smart Matt, joe you. you lose
0: again oh my
2: <laughs> god unreal <laughs> <laughs> if you had woven in your mother-in-law you might have had a shot oh uh, man
0: well just a, a stinky streak huh stinky streak but it is based streak. on you and your and it merit. is based on me
1: and my performance and like just personal qualities about just general
0: your face mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> all right litheads. um keep sending in books keep sending in them themes um we
0: appreciate and and we read everything that and you write this uh i don't think ian mentioned it but uh, carly recommended your book right ian yeah and i couldn't find what carly said about it
2: but yeah. Thank you, Curly, for this recommendation. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. litheads, head
1: on over to uh, youdon'tknowlitpodcast.com. Suggest a theme, suggest a book. Otherwise, apparently you can just DM us on Instagram and Nick uh, uh, fervently refreshes that Slide page. into our um, DMs. It, it's, it's, it's Nick's one <laughs> connection to the outside world as he rots in the prison that he has made for himself. Yeah. Well, and, my, beautiful, um, prison. Beautiful, beautiful prison. Beautiful prison. All right. Um, so suggest a book, suggest a theme. Um, request a sticky youdon'tknowlitpodcast.com. You can, of course, um, rate and review us on the podcast player of your choice. And, of course, you can tell a bookish friend that you love this weird podcast with these three dorks. All right. Have a good day. I'm going to win one someday, litheads. You wait and see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll all
2: wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've already read a little little chunks of this book. Um, It's it's really hard to quote the book. So I'm going to read... This be part of the speech that was given um, when Solzhenitsyn won the Nobel for, for his career, which was in large part this book. Um, so the, book, the, the speech uh, calls out specifically one day in the life of Ivan Denisevich. And then it goes on to say <clears throat> a message about special circumstances seldom travels far. And the words that fly around the world are those which appeal to and help us all. Such are the words of Alexander Solzhenitsyn. They speak to us of matters that we need to hear more than ever before, of the individual's indestructible dignity. Wherever that dignity is violated, whatever the reason or the means, his message is not only an accusation, but also an assurance. Those who commit such a violation are the only ones to be degraded by it. The truth of this is plain to see wherever one travels. Even the external form from which Solzhenitsyn seeks for his work bears witness to his message. This form has been turned to the polyphone or horizontal level. It might equally be described as a story with no chief character, which is to say that this is not individualism at the expense of the surroundings. But nor may the gallery of persons act as a collective that smothers the individuals of which it is entirely composed. Solzhenitsyn has explained what he means by polyphonism. Each person becomes the chief character whenever the action concerns him. This is not just a technique, it is a creed. The narrative focuses on the only human element in existence, the human individual, with equal status among equals, one destiny among millions and a million destinies in one. This is the whole of humanism in a nutshell, for the kernel is the love of mankind. This year's Nobel Prize for Literature has been awarded to the proclaimer of such a humanism.